Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 today on cornerstone connection with pastor gary hamrick chapter 3 verse 1 it says then the lord said to me go again love a woman who is loved by a lover and is committing adultery just like the love of the lord for the children of israel who look to other gods let me make it clear god never condones our sin in fact he hates our sin but he never stops loving us jeremiah 31 3 god says i have loved you with an everlasting love i have drawn you or led you with cords of kindness. As a parent, you don't stop loving your children because of their poor choices and sinful decisions, but you lovingly discipline them and allow them to work through the consequences of their actions. In the same way that parents lovingly discipline their children, God lovingly disciplines His children. Today, Pastor Gary will explain that God is brokenhearted and grieved when Christians make bad and sinful decisions through unfaithfulness and rebellion, but He never stops loving you. At the close of Pastor Gary's message today, I'll be sharing with you how you can get a copy of today's broadcast of Cornerstone Connection. Subscribe to the podcast or get in touch with us. But for now, let's join Pastor Gary in the book of Hosea as he continues his message God will take you back. Now, in any culture, I don't care what country you're from, in any culture, a prostitute has a reputation for being an immoral woman. You know, sex for pay is is not really the most honorable profession. I mean, it might be the oldest profession, but it's not necessarily the most honorable profession. So don't you know, of course, when God says, obviously God knows what he's doing here. And so he's like, I want you to marry Gomer. I want you to take her home as your wife. Of course, when he does that, everybody in town, their heads are turning. They're like, what? And their, thumb, their thumbs are working. Like, did you just see who Hosea had? <laughs> And they're basically aghast. They're like, this, this holy man of God, this prophet of God. I can't believe this. This prophet of God, this holy man of God has taken an adulterous, immoral prostitute. This woman, I can't believe this. How in the world could this happen? That such a holy man of God could take such an immoral, adulterous woman. And God's basically saying, in the same way that I've taken you. That's the illustration, you see. In the same way that I've loved you and taken you. God wanted this marriage between Hosea and Gomer to illustrate his loyal love. 
despite their spiritual adultery. That despite their unfaithfulness to God, God would be faithful to them, and he would love them, and he would take them to be his own. Hosea and Gomer marry. They have three children. The text tells us there in chapter 1, two boys and a girl. And with each child's birth, God says, I want to give you the name so that this becomes a whole family illustration. I want the names of your kids to also illustrate this relationship that I have with the Jewish people. So look in your Bibles there at chapter 1, verse 4. You can circle in your Bibles Jezreel. That's the first child that's born. It's a son. His name in Hebrew, Jezreel, means God scatters. That's what the word means in Hebrew. God scatters. And it's because, he goes on to say there, because I'm going to scatter the people. Now, God ends up doing this. 721 B.C., the Assyrian Empire comes. Remember, the book of Hosea precedes the book of Daniel chronologically. Again, Hosea ministers about 130 years before Daniel's even born. So when we were last week finishing out the book of Daniel, the the prominent power was the Babylonian empire. But before the Babylonians were the Assyrians. And God will use the Assyrians in 721 BC to besiege the northern kingdom of Israel. And so God says to, to Hosea, I want you to name your first child Jezreel, meaning God scatters because This is exactly what I'm going to do. Their unfaithfulness warrants it. I'm going to scatter the people. Child number two comes in verse six. It's a, it's a girl. God says, I want you to name her Lo Ruama. Lo Ruama. Lo in Hebrew is no. So when used as a prefix here, it's, it's just the negative. And Ruama means mercy. So he's saying no mercy. That's what I want you to name child number two. Now, by the way, you know, weren't you very careful when you picked names for your kids? right? When you had your babies and you were very careful to, you know, go through those baby book lists and just, we want to pick the perfect name for our child. And, and what do you instantly do? You eliminate names of people you never got along with in life, right? Because you're like, I, I, I can't stand that guy I worked with. That child's never going to get that guy's name, right? You go through that whole boyfriends and girlfriends off the list, former ones, right? Off the list. And you're very careful about names that you want to choose for your kids, because names say a lot. And I, I really appreciate how some of you have chosen beautiful biblical names for your kids. You're very spiritual. And, I, and I'm just telling you, it's wonder. I've seen families here at Cornerstone. You have like a walking gospel. You have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You know, it's just, that's wonderful. Terry and I weren't so spiritual when we picked the, picked the names for our kids. We just, you know, we just picked names that we liked. And, and we gave them Bible middle names. But all three of our kids, just Tyler, Austin, and Lindsay, that's just, we just liked those names when we had them as kids. Now, since then, I found out, right? I mean, I already knew Austin was, but I didn't realize the other one. They're all towns in Texas. Had I known in advance, I would never have wanted to send the message that somehow we're cowboy fans. So probably I would have, I would have gone with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But anyway, you know how it is. You're very careful. By the way, if we ever had a fourth kid, we were, we were going to name him or her Waco. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. But you know how that works. Like you're very careful. We want to. So can you imagine this little girl going around? Hi, what's your name, sweetheart? No mercy. That's my name. No mercy. Don't mess with me. I got no mercy. So that's how God, God says, I want you to call her no mercy because God says, I will no longer have mercy on the house of Israel. 
So I want your kids to, to present, you know, the message here, this ongoing message. Child number three comes along, verse nine. It's a boy. You are to name him Loami. And Loami means not my people. That poor boy, <laughs> you know, it's just roll calls being called in class. Like, not my people. You hear? Yep. Right here. Not my people. Now, I, I, I shared this story a few years ago, but for those of you who weren't here, um, this, this whole name reminds me of this, of this thing that happened between me and Terry. Because as many of you know, I mean, it's no secret. I've, I've made this known clearly over the years that I've been here at Cornerstone. I'm not a country music fan, all right? That's just me. I'm not a country music fan. I know a lot of you have tried to convert me over the years. Hasn't happened. Not going to happen. I'm, I'm just not a country music fan. It's just me, okay? But my wife, she, she kind of likes country music. Um, not, you know, not a diehard country music fan, but every once in a while I'll get in her car and start it up and WMZQ is like, ah, 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 you know, and, and so, you know, years ago, like, this is about like seven, eight years ago, I decided, you know, I'm, I'm going to do, I'm going to do the, the manly thing. I'm going to man up and I'm going to take my wife for her birthday to a country music concert. That's what I yeah, thank you very much. There's some lady there. That's really nice. Do you listen to him? Listen to him. Are you listening to him? He did that for his wife. Isn't that sweet? Anyway, so I took her to a Keith Urban concert. Now, Keith Urban was good because he's not twangy. See, the twangy thing really gets on my nerves. You know, twang, 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 you know. So he was actually really good. But when we first got there, this is over at Meriwether Post Pavilion. So when we got there, I'm looking around at the people. I'm like, man, every guy's got on either a John Deere baseball cap or cowboy hat, and everybody's got on cowboy boots, and ladies are walking around with sleeveless flannel shirts unbuttoned a little bit in both directions and tied at the midriff. (laughs) They got long neck, ice cold beer that never broke anybody's heart that's they're carrying around in their hands. They got... They got straw between their teeth. I looked around the crowd. I said, Terry, Terry. I said to my wife, Terry, these are not my people. Low on me. Low on me. These are not my people. She looked straight at me. She says, what are you talking about? All of your relatives are from West Virginia. These are your people. She was right. It's true. I can't deny it. Well, back to our story here. The illustration here gets even more poignant because here's what happens. Hosea marries Gomer, a prostitute. They have three kids. And then his wife, she decides to abandon her husband and her kids and to go back into prostitution. Chapter 2, if you look in your Bibles at chapter 2, verses 5 through 7. Verse 5, for their mother has played the harlot. She who conceived them has behaved shamefully, for she said, I will go after my lovers who give me my bread and my water, my wool and my linen, my oil and my drink. Therefore, behold, God says now, I will hedge up your way with thorns and wall her in so that she cannot find her paths. 
She will chase her lovers, but not overtake them. Yes, she will seek them, but not find them. Then she will say, I will go and return to my first husband, to my first love, for then it was better for me than now. So she returns to her life of prostitution, but God makes it hard for her there in verse 6. He says, I'll I'll hedge up your way with thorns. I'm going to make it difficult for you. Now, at some point, any man or any woman, if the illustration were reversed, would say, enough is enough. I mean, God, you've asked me to marry this prostitute. Okay, I've done that. We've had kids. Now she's left me and the kids and gone back into prostitution. I'm done with her. I'm done. That would be a normal reaction that anybody would have if if, if this were, were their lives. But God says to Hosea, I want you to go after her. I want you to buy her out of prostitution. I want you to take her home, forgive her, and love her. Go on. I want you to go after her. Chapter 3. Look at chapter 3 in your Bibles. Then the Lord said to me, Go again. Love a woman who is loved by a lover and is committing adultery. Just like the love of the Lord for the children of Israel who look to other gods and love the raisin cakes of the pagans. Hosea says in verse 2, So I bought her for myself. For fifteen shekels of silver and one and one half omers of barley. And I said to her, You shall stay with me many days. You shall not play the harlot, nor shall you have a man. So too will I be toward you. In other words, he's saying, Be faithful to me. I'll be faithful to you. Don't go living this life again. I bought you back. You're mine. I love you. I forgive you. And he takes her back. Now, as a side note, this is completely a side note to the points I'm about to make from this story, but it is a side note that I felt like in the, in the course of preparing for today's teaching that the Lord wanted me to mention. I don't know who it might be for. Just pray about it. Take it or leave it. God might be speaking to someone here today about taking back a cheating spouse rather than divorcing him or her. Adultery is a biblical grounds for divorce. It is. But God does not necessarily encourage people to exercise that clause as the first option. Sometimes God calls us to do the more difficult thing, to forgive and to take back. Now, depending on the circumstances, and I say this very gently because some circumstances just make it plainly too difficult to take someone back. Perhaps because this is multiple, multiple times, and so it's like, when is this ever ending? Perhaps the person is not really repentant or humble about it, and so how can you really restore a relationship with someone who's not sorry? There could be a variety of factors, and I, and I understand that, and, and I want to you know, clearly state that. But I've also seen in relationships where God's grace has allowed people to have a deeper marriage on the other side of it because there was grace and forgiveness. So, again, it it doesn't always work that way. Sometimes betrayal is just simply too painful. Um, But it's it's obviously a, a point in this whole story of how God took back the adulterous people in the same way that he says to Hosea, go after your adulterous wife, 
forgive her and take her home. It may not be for anybody. Just pray about it. But it is something I felt like was worth mentioning that the Lord just had burdened my heart to say. Now, moving on. That's just as an aside. As much as the book of Hosea, in its context, illustrates the relationship of God with the Jewish people, the parallel is too broad to be missed, even for us. And I want to share quickly three points from this story that is important for us to take home as as the takeaway from the book of Hosea. The first is this, like Gomer, we are guilty of unfaithfulness to God. We're all like, like her. Every one of us has been unfaithful to God at some point. And I don't mean at some point in our lives, I mean at some point in our day. At some point in every day, we're being unfaithful to God. Because sometimes we love ourselves more than we love God. Sometimes we serve ourselves more than we serve God. Sometimes we value ourselves and other people and our stuff more than we value God. We commit a a spiritual adultery all the time. That's why in that hymn of our faith, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing, which we sing once in a while, there's that line in there, maybe you've been troubled by it, there's a line in there where the writer of the hymn says, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. Because there's a little bit in all of us, like Gomer, that wants to please self and flesh and our own desires and wishes and aspirations and not really value God and esteem God and adore God the way that we should. But in that same hymn, we are also reminded with these words, that Jesus sought me when a stranger, wandering from the fold of God. He to rescue me from danger interposed his precious blood. How his kindness yet pursues me, mortal tongue can never tell. The hymn writer was saying, I can't even tell you. I don't have the words to express to you how much God has gone after me. Even though in my flesh I'm prone to wander, God nevertheless in his love has pursued me. Which is point number two from this story. That God never stops loving us. He takes an active role in pursuing us. In chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Then the Lord said to me, Go again, love a woman who is loved by a lover and is committing adultery, just like the love of the Lord for the children of Israel who look to other gods. Let me make it clear. God never condones our sin. In fact, He hates our sin. But He never stops loving us. Jeremiah 31.3, God says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you or led you with cords of kindness. His love for us is not conditional on how we behave. He loves us despite sometimes our bad behavior. You know, think of it this way. If you're a parent, you understand. You may not like the behavior of your kids from time to time, but you don't stop loving them for misbehaving. You may be grieved as they get older. You may be grieved about the decisions that they make. You can't always make every decision for them. And you might be brokenhearted over the bad and sinful choices that they make. But you don't stop loving them. There may be consequences that your kids experience because of their bad decisions, their poor choices. And loving parents give loving discipline to a child. But you don't stop loving them. In fact, careful discipline is an expression of love. And the same is true with us and God. God is brokenhearted and grieved when we make bad and sinful decisions. He is grieved over our rebellion against Him. 
over our unfaithfulness. But he doesn't stop loving us. There may, of course, be natural consequences for our sins. Things that happen as a result of our poor choices and sinful decisions. God, in fact, in addition to that, may even impose discipline on us. Because Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6 says that God disciplines those whom he loves. If you're being disciplined by God, consider it a badge of honor because it means that God loves you enough to not allow you to be as you are. God is a disciplinarian, a loving father, correcting us, admonishing us because he loves us too much to allow us to remain as we are. And if we oppose God, he will oppose us just as he did with Gomer there back in chapter two, verse six, where it says when she returns to this life of prostitution, It says that he hedged her up. He hedged her way around her with thorns. It's just, it's it's metaphorical language. It's basically saying, you go ahead and you do this, but you're going to find that this is a thorny journey. You're going to be miserable. And indeed she was. She got to the place where she got to the bottom of herself and she ended up admitting that she needed to return to her husband, to her first love, because she had it better off with him than this miserable life that she had gone back to. And God says in chapter 2, verse 14, Therefore, behold, I will allure her. I will bring her into the wilderness and speak comfort to her. That word allure means to persuade. God goes after the people. And he says to Hosea, go after your wife. And it's the same thing that God does with us. But sometimes, number three, sometimes the wilderness is the only place we can really hear him. Because he said there, therefore, behold, I will allure her, chapter 2, verse 14. I will bring her into the wilderness and speak comfort to her. See, sometimes we have to get to the bottom of ourselves before we will look up to God. We have to be in the wilderness. We have to really be in a mess before we realize our need for God and come full circle and surrender to God. When Gomer left her husband and kids to return to a life of prostitution, it was miserable for her. She got to the bottom of herself, and she finally realized I need to get back to my first love. And that's when God says to Hosea, go get her. Go get her. Go buy her out of prostitution. Forgive her. Take her home and love her. And this is exactly what God the Father has done for every single one of us. He saw us in our sin, in our unfaithfulness. And he says to his only begotten son, go get her. Go get him. Spill your blood. Die on a cross for their forgiveness. Love them and take them back. And some of you just simply need to hear loudly and clearly because you have been weighed down by a load of shame and guilt because of your unfaithfulness and sin against God. You just need to hear loudly and clearly that God loves you and he will take you back in a minute. He will take you back in a minute. God sent his son to pursue us in our unfaithfulness. We're all like Gomer, unfaithful to our first love. And God says, despite your unfaithfulness, I'm going to love you. I'm going to pursue you. I'm going to send my son to die for you because such is the love of our father. And so in closing this verse from chapter 1, the end of verse 10, And it shall come to pass in the place where it was said to them, You are not my people. There it shall be said to them, You are sons of the living God. Because God will take you back. He will forgive you. He will love you. 
Even as John said in 1 John 3, 1, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. You've been listening to Cornerstone Connection with Pastor Gary Hamrick. Pastor Gary has been teaching through the last several books of the Old Testament, also known as the Minor Prophets. These short books are powerful and reveal so much about your Creator and His love for the world. If you have any questions or would like to share a prayer request with us, please contact us. You can reach us by calling 703-771-1500. Again, that number is 703-771-1500. You can also listen to more teachings in this series by visiting our website, cornerstoneconnection.cc, or just download our mobile app. That way you'll have biblical messages available to listen to whenever you want, wherever you are. Pastor Gary also has a companion resource available for this Minor Prophets series. You'll find it under the Teachings tab at cornerstoneconnection.cc. We'd love to meet you, too. You're invited to join us this weekend at Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg. We're meeting in person as well as online, and you can find out more on our website. Again, that's cornerstoneconnection.cc. That's all we have time for today. Thanks for tuning in to Study the Minor Prophets. And we hope you'll join us again right here on Cornerstone Connection. No place to go But still you know